I want to ask you to open your Bibles up to the book of Genesis chapter 3. We are in the most amazing, important time in the history of the world is that we are so blessed by God to be living in this day and age that this is what, when the Bible says we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that we are living in the day in which those that came before us, Moses and Abraham and Ezekiel and Daniel, James and John and Paul, they're looking down and they're looking at us and saying that these people must be highly favored of God to be living in the world at such a time as this. But the Bible says it's the truth that you understand that will set you free. And that's why you need to know these things. Both rabbinical teaching and biblical teaching says that right before the coming of the Messiah, there will be a major change. We call it the latter rain. Rabbi Schneerson, one of the great scholars that died several years ago, said that there's coming a period of time. He said everything's ready. Now listen to this. Everything's ready for the coming of the Messiah. He said, except one thing. He said, there's going to be the eyes of the Gentiles and their eyes will be opened. And these Gentiles will begin to understand the supernatural of Passover and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Shavuot. And they'll begin to see the blessing and the power of God and the favor of God will come on them so much that it will draw Jew and Gentile back to God where we can go and meet the Messiah in Israel and in Jerusalem. God is getting ready to release the gifts and the anointing of God on your life as you've never seen it before. I believe in all my heart that when the Messiah comes, that we're going to see signs and wonders and miracles and healings, not just once in a while, but it's going to be an everyday occurrence that God is going to be shouting to the world, I am still Almighty God. I'm more powerful than any sickness, any hatred, any disease. The latter rain. Another part of the spiritual outpouring is going to be financial outpouring that the wealth of the wicked is going to be put into the hands of the righteous. Genesis chapter 3, verse, verse 23. Then the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. And so he drove out the man, and he placed a cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So here God says, he drove man out and he put man out. And then it says that he placed an angel at the gate of the garden to show the way. Now in Christianity, we're taught that God put that gate at the garden or the angel at the gate to keep man out. He did not put the angel there to keep us out but he put the angel there to show us the way, to light the way that when our eyes are open, we will see the light and the light will bring us back to the garden, to paradise, 
to the tree of life. Now, everybody say tree of life. Now, watch this. Everybody say tree of life again. Because it's going to blow your mind what I'm going to show you. Tree of life. In Hebrew, what he's trying to get us back to is paradise, which is the word parties. Now, the question is, Not that God wants to bring us. God wants to pour out his spirit. God wants to release the finances. God wants to bring us back to the way it was. Not in heaven. Heaven's going to be that way. But before heaven gets here, there's going to be a great outpouring of God's spirit. We're going to become the lenders, not the borrowers. We're going to become the head and not the tail. We're going to become above only, not beneath. God is going to do this. Somebody shout amen. And it's going to happen during this period. So the question is not, is God going to do it? We know he's going to do it. The question is, how do we get to paradise? We know that there's four levels of study. There's Peshat, there's Remez, there's Drash, and there's Sod. Peshat is the milk of the word. That's the simple stuff. Remez is things that are being hinted at, like in parables. Drosh is when we start putting the pieces together, and when you learn to connect the scriptures, then it gets us the sowed, which are the secrets of the kingdom, and the secrets of the kingdom will show you today how to get to the tree of life. Now, the four blood moons happen on Passover, They happen on Sukkot, then it happens again on Passover, and then it happens again on Sukkot. When Malachi says, return unto me and I'll return unto you, they ask the question, Lord, how do we return? This is the whole prophecy of Daniel. This is the whole reason why Israel went into Babylonian captivity. It's amazing teaching. So they come out of Babylon and they get together in the great assembly in Jerusalem And God speaks and tells Malachi, tell my people, return unto me and I'll return unto you. They said, Lord, how do we return? And he says, you know, in your tithes and in your offerings. Those offerings are Passover. They are Sukkot. But in the middle, Passover blood moon, Sukkot blood moon. But in the middle between them, and that's what we call Pentecost or Shavuot. Shavuot is when God gave Israel, when they came out of Egypt, the Torah, the Bible, the Word of God that we study. It's also the day in which the Holy Spirit fell. But here's the key. Go to Leviticus chapter 23. Genesis, Exodus, Moses, Leviticus. Look at verse 9. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel And say to them, when you come into the land which I have given to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheath of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And he shall wave the sheath before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. And on the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheath a male lamb of the first year without blemish, a burnt offering to the Lord. 
Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be of wine one-fourth of a hen. You shall neither eat bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you shall brought an offering to the Lord, and it shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now watch this. Now we know we're talking about Passover. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you have brought the sheath of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, Then you shall offer a new grain offering unto the Lord, and you shall bring from your habitations two wave loaves of two-tenths of an ephah, and there shall be a flying fowl. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits of the Lord. On Passover, we bring an offering. It releases favor from God, favor from man. Remember, they left and the Egyptians gave them all all the wealth and the silver and the gold. We put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and divine protection. So through Passover, the the Passover lamb of God, you and I are free. But it's not enough to be free. God wants his children blessed. We're free. And someday in heaven, we'll walk the streets of gold. But it's not enough to be free. God has come to give us life, and that life more abundant. Here we have Passover, and then God says, count seven weeks. Count 49 days. Now in Hebrew, this is called the counting of the Omer, that And one of the words for the counting of the Omar is a ladder. So we're going from Passover to Pentecost or Shavuot. And in between that, in between that, we have seven weeks. They come out of Egypt. They're no longer slaves. But God says it's going to take seven weeks before I can give you my word. It's going to take seven weeks before I can make a covenant with you to be my children. The reason that is, is because even though they're free from Egypt, they've been slaves for 200 years. And so they were still thinking like slaves. This is why the Bible says we're in this world, but we're not of this world. In other words, we're free. You receive the Lord, you ask the Lord to forgive you, you're free. But it's not enough to be free. There needs to be a change in your life. Why seven rungs up the ladder? In Hebrew, these are called the seven sephirots, or the seven spirits of God, or the seven characters of God. When God created the world, he created the world in how many days? Seven days. And every day he released onto the world one of his characters. He released love. He released kindness. He released gentleness. He released strength. He released uh, 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 every character uh, that is the goodness of God. He released it 
into the world. But then the world sinned. And we lost, we were removed from the presence of God. But God in the end places an angel to bring us back to the presence of God. These seven rungs of the ladder are the seven sephirotes, are the seven spirits, are the seven characters of God. Years ago, years ago in Portland, before long, when I first started studying the Jewish roots of the Bible, I was sitting in my office and God spoke to me and he said, there are seven spirits of God, or seven characters of God, or seven divine attributes of God. And I wrote it down. There's seven. I said, where do I study that? About five minutes later, my secretary comes in, the gal at the front of the church comes in and said, there's a man from Africa here. He said, God sent him from Africa to, to see you. God brought me from Africa to tell you that there are seven spirits of God, seven attributes of God, and he's going to raise you up to teach these around the world. He w- turned and walked away. These seven spirits of God, these seven attributes of God are the seven rungs between Passover, salvation, freedom, and Pentecost or Shavuot. Now watch this. On Shavuot, on Pentecost, when we bring that offering, that is the time in which God determines your finances for the whole rest of the year. The Passover offering releases favor from God, favor from man, and rebukes the devourer. The Shavuot, or Pentecost offering, the double portion, releases the finances. When we bring the Passover offering, when we bring the Pentecost or Shavuot offering, what are we bringing? Wheat. Wheat is the offering of a king. Wheat is what humans eat. Wheat is what free people eat. So God is saying... That when you literally, in ancient Jewish wisdom, when you bring this offering, you are being divorced from your previous life. We're being divorced from being failures, from being angry, from being bitter, from being selfish. We're being divorced. We are no longer animals run by this world. We may be in this world, but we are not of this world. We are children of the Most High God. Somebody shout amen. When we come before the Lord and we bring this offering, we have 49 days or seven Sabbaths to look at our lives and ask, are we acting the way God wants us to act? Let me show you the seven sephirotes. Love or benevolence, kindness, mercy, strength, might, harmony, The Lord says in Mark chapter 4, he gives seed to the sower. He said, but some of that seed fell by the wayside. Some of that seed fell on stony ground. Some of that seed fell amongst thorns and it rose up and choked out the harvest. But then he says, some of that seed fell on good ground, good ground, and when it fell on good ground, Some produce 30, some produce 60, and some produce 100-fold. Now, here's the question. If our seed falls on good ground and God is no respecter of persons, why do some get 30, some get 60, 
and some get a hundredfold. Now, we understand three times a year, Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles. We understand three times of giving, tithes, first fruit, benevolence, charity, steadkah. But there's a deeper meaning in this that's only right now. Is that God releases seven of his spirits in creation. You and I were never meant to be angry. You and I were never meant to be selfish. You and I were never meant to be depressed. On creation, God released his seven spirits. Kindness, love, benevolence, strength, might. We're never meant to be failures, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Harmony, blessed be the peacemakers. We're never to be people when we come home, there's fighting or there's strife. We're meant to be These seven spirits of God, the Bible says in Genesis that we are made in the image of God. God didn't make me. When I got saved, everybody knows I was a drug addict, but I had a real anger problem. God did not make me. God is not an angry God. God is a benevolent God. God is a loving God. God is a kind God. God is a harmony God. God is a peaceful God. Why did God wait? 49 days, seven Sabbaths, because man is made in the image of God. But when we're around Egypt, we start acting like Egypt. And so God gave them seven Sabbaths to catch up with themselves. Why does God give some 30, some 60, some 100 fold? Because he looks at us. And he says, how much kindness are you showing? How much peace do you bring? How much joy? Are you a kind person or an angry person? When we give this offering, we're free. We're free. We're free. But God wants to open the windows of heaven. And so he gives us 49 days. He gives us seven steps to look and say, you know what? I need to act more like God in my kindness. I need to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. I need to be someone who speaks joy, not gossip. I need to be someone who heals the world, not breaks the world. Because before you were ever born, before you were ever born, God gave you a mission. The moment you were conceived, God gave you a mission to come back to the world and tikkun olam. To make that world a better place. Three weeks ago, this baby was in eternity. Lee's 83 years closer to eternity. This life is a journey between eternities. Three weeks ago, this baby, three weeks and nine months, this baby stood at the throne of God. And God said to this baby, go to earth. And represent me. Bring kindness. Bring love. Bring compassion. For 40 years, 83 years, Lee's been in Haiti working with orphans. Bringing kindness. The question is, what will you do between here and here? You are to, wherever you go, P 
people are to see God in you. I was an angry, violent person. And I got saved. And I was still an angry, violent, saved person. And then God began to show me. People ask me all the time, Pastor, when you began to study Jewish roots, what was the most important thing? I said, I learned how I'm supposed to act as a child of God. So in three or four weeks, God is going to determine your finances for the next year. But only this time, we're going into Shemitah. And after Shemitah, during the four blood moons, we're going into Jubilee. Guys, I believe, I believe in all my heart, this is the beginning of the end time transfer of wealth. I believe in all my heart. And so God is, God is giving us these days to look at ourselves. The Bible says there's a wealth that comes from the Lord and brings no sorrow with it. So we're, we're, we're free. We're out of Egypt. But God wants us to look at us on the journey because he's about to make a covenant like he's never made before with all of his children, Jew and Gentile. But he's saying to us, I want you to mirror me. You're made in my image. There's some that, let's say on, on, on Shavuot, on Pentecost, we bring that first fruit. And we always go through the chuppah because it's a marriage contract. And God says, if you'll be my people, I'll be your God. If you return to me, I'll be Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sithka. I'll be all of that. You know, the Bible says when we're young in the Lord, he winks at our sin. I believe when I first got saved, it didn't make God wink. It made him blink. I need to be different this Pentecost than I was last Pentecost. And if we're willing to look at ourselves and say, God, change me. God, I'm going to stop treating my wife that way. I'm going to stop treating people that way. I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop being negative. The more... We act like God. The more God will multiply his blessing and raise you up. The Bible says that this life is a vapor of smoke. How many have ever heard the saying, life is short? You know, when you pass, when you're 20 or 30, you think it takes forever to get to be 60 or 70. And then all of a sudden, there it is. What does it mean, life is short? Picture that baby. Three weeks ago, that baby was in eternity. This life, until the end, is that quick. And God wants to look at your life and says, what are you doing in between? See, we're not, as children of God, we're not just to survive the desert to get to the promised land. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so he gives us, between Passover and Pentecost, the chance to look at ourselves and say, God, change me. Now watch, let me show you one last thing. The seven sephirot 
in some translation is the latter. From the earthly to the heavenly. And how much heavenly we get is determined by how much we're willing to let God change us. Now remember, this is the time in which God releases finances. Do you know that the last of the seven sephirot is the character of a king? If you were the king with all the money, how would you treat people? If you, were, if you had all the money right now, if God gave you a new business and a new investment and all of a sudden you weren't worrying about bills anymore and you had more than enough, it was good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, what kind of king would you be? If that money amplified who you are right now, what kind of person would you be? If you remember, God said, you can eat all of this. You can eat all of this, but don't eat that tree. That's the tree of knowledge. Satan came, the devil came, and he tricked Eve and said, did God really say that? But then Adam came and willfully surrendered his willpower. The tree of knowledge. But if you look at it, the angel is there to bring us back to paradise. Not the tree of knowledge, but the tree of life. A lot of people don't realize there's two different types of trees that are represented here. There was a great scholar many years ago, Rambam, one of the great, great biblical scholars, And he took the words in Hebrew, tree of knowledge, and he wrote them out in Hebrew, and it's Eretz Hada'at. And it says it better translates from the tree of knowledge, it better translates in ancient Hebrew, the tree of self-desire. So when he ate of the tree of selfishness, me, I'm important, what I want, doesn't matter how I treat you, doesn't matter, I'm the king, I'm the husband, I'm the boss, I'm this, it doesn't matter how I treat anybody. Rambam says it's the tree of self-desire, me. If I don't get my way... God says in the last days, when we decide to mirror God, he'll bring us back to the garden, to the tree of life. Seven sephirotes actually become ten. These seven sephirotes are the seven characters of God of kindness and love and compassion, and benevolence. This is called, in Hebrew, the tree of life. And God says, when you start showing kindness, and benevolence, and mercy, and forgiveness, 
and all of my characters than I will add in the very last days. The very last days, I will add the last three. And they're God's wisdom, God's knowledge, and God's understanding. And the Lord said, don't you leave until you get the Holy Spirit, for he will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you things to come. Rabbi Schneerson said, in the very last days, God will look amongst the church and he will find Gentiles. And he will open their eyes and he will begin to bring them understanding. And they will see the blessing and the favor of God in such a way that people will say, truly, they know God. When you and I walk in kindness and in joy and in peace and in mercy and in forgiveness, when you and I decide to walk in this, And we're living in that day of the four blood moons. God will open up over you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing there will not be room enough to receive it.